Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. So welcome to all the listeners and we're having the most amazing weather in Melbourne at the moment. It is just so beautiful. We've come out of this really deep winter and gone straight into spring, which happened as of the 1st of September, and I can't believe how gorgeous it is. So I know that people in the UK have been having an incredibly hot summer, so you're probably glad that it's uh, starting to cool down, but here in Australia, and especially in Melbourne, we've had a really cold winter, so this is just absolutely glorious, and hopefully it holds up. So today's radio show is about the fear of being vulnerable with ourselves. And I wanted to share this information because it really is powerful information that can help you in your process of recovering from narcissistic abuse. Now this is to do with the uncomfortable feelings that we may have in regard to being vulnerable with ourselves. And the reason why we can inherently struggle with vulnerability is because so many of us received the message in our childhood that it's not okay to be vulnerable. Many of us can relate to being told to snap out of it, don't cry, just get on with it. Or maybe we were even punished for being vulnerable. Maybe if we were vulnerable, that was when we get overtaken or controlled or damage the most and if that was the case then the internal message of it's not okay to be vulnerable might have really escalated to it's not safe to be vulnerable. Because we grew up with these messages we became really hard on ourselves emotionally which meant that it was very difficult to acknowledge our vulnerabilities. Now, the key thing about this is it can make it especially difficult to be present with ourselves in order to soothe our vulnerable emotions. And I'm going to go into more detail a little bit later in that, which is going to make you really understand that point. Now, I've talked about in a lot of articles and radio shows the certain matches 
that we can actually have with narcissistic relationships and narcissists. So this is about the match of struggling with being vulnerable. And a block that I've found to be very, very consistent with the people that I work with in this community is the difficulty to soothe ourselves when feeling vulnerable. And this was a difficulty that I also used to have. Now, until we become conscious and self-aware and into our own self-development, we may not understand that negative self-talk is absolutely disastrous because all it ever does if we talk to ourselves badly and an exercise that so many uh, great spiritual writers actually recommend that you do is to spend an hour or a day writing down every negative thought you have about yourself in your head. And then Osho talks about this too. And he says that, you know, for a lot of people, if you were to do that and then go back and look at your list, you would wonder if you were schizophrenic because there can be so many unhealthy thoughts that we can have about ourselves. Now, what negative self-talk does is it further embeds the internal wounds, the internal belief systems that aren't serving you. And it causes you to disconnect from loving and trusting yourself. Because if you could imagine spending time with somebody, well, most of this community knows exactly what that's like, you know, somebody that's, you know, beating you up or verbally assaulting you or telling you how you're no good or you're not good enough constantly, it really diminishes connection it diminishes intimacy it, it it strips love and trust so if we talk to ourselves negatively we're stripping our own love and trust of ourselves now then what that makes and what that happens is is we become needier to get love and approval from outside of ourselves because we're not trusting ourselves to provide it for ourselves and this is exactly what happens with both narcissists and codependents who are both struggling to soothe, to self-soothe internal negative emotion. So there's this striving to get that from outside of self and that is such a recipe for unhealthy relationships because the conscienceless narcissist manipulates in order to extract narcissistic supply so he or she is trying to self-medicate the internal negative emotion with attention and significance. And the codependent will tolerate abusive situations to try to obtain love and approval. So not acknowledging and soothing your own fears is also disastrous. So you may not necessarily be doing the negative self-talk but you may be leaving yourself alone out on that raw and ragged edge of negative emotion without supporting yourself mentally. And this is really akin to being ignored by a parent when you're a child requiring emotional support. So you can imagine being that child suffering negative emotion and going to a parent who just completely ignores you. And we do that to ourselves. So the fascinating part of all of this is that the struggle to be vulnerable with ourselves, which means to really acknowledge our vulnerabilities and step in for them, is yet another match for narcissists. 
narcissists have a dire difficulty in accepting their vulnerabilities. And in fact, the entire disorder of narcissism is the intense defense mechanisms to avoid being vulnerable at all costs. Because to the narcissist's psyche, being vulnerable equals annihilation. Now I've found something very interesting about people who don't get ensnared with narcissists. And there are people, there are people that write me regularly and say, oh my goodness, I recognise what this person was, but they only were in there for a week or maybe a month or when the first warning signs went off. I also know people personally that don't get ensnared by narcissists. So I can assure you these people do exist. And there are certain people that would never stick around to tolerate abuse. And what I've found is that these people have the following in common. They had a nurturing, loving parent, generally a mother, who was available to support, soothe and love them in times of emotional pain. So that sort of programming and conditioning meant that these people automatically knew how to self-soothe. They knew how to be that loving, supportive parent to themselves. So these people have got a natural learned ability to talk themselves into better thoughts and feelings when they're suffering negative emotion, which is really, really interesting. Now, these people are not prone to addictions. Addictions are all about trying to burn off negative emotion by something outside of ourselves because we don't know how to self-soothe the emotion. So this is really interesting stuff. Now, codependence, this is another common thing I've found and my definition of codependent is anyone that doesn't feel like a solid source to themselves who is trying to get that from outside of themselves. So codependence did not have the privilege of an emotionally supportive parent and therefore do not naturally have the ability to grant emotional support to themselves. Now the issue with being vulnerable with ourselves is, is this. If we didn't learn how to accept our negative emotions and then be emotionally supportive with our own fears and insecurities, then we were really prone to do one of two things. Try to be better, in other words, try and fix it or stop it in order to be acceptable. So, in other words, try to snap out of it or fix it. Or we'd look for someone or something else to fix the emotional pain for us. Then, true to law of attraction, the people who we choose are as unavailable as the original childhood source. And most definitely, personality disordered people are unavailable. And the things to soothe the emotional pain that we would choose would only perpetuate more disconnection from ourselves. The bottom line is, deep within, we didn't believe that we were lovable and acceptable with our own inner wounds. So because we didn't have that loving parent step up and say, well, you're vulnerable and you're hurting and you're this and you're that, but you are worthy of being loved and accepted anyway, 
with my support. We didn't have that message. So many people like myself are very, very committed to their personal inner healing journey and they work hard at releasing the unhealed wounds to reconnect back to being a healthy source to themselves. Committing to this path, of course, requires being very honest with ourselves, which means acknowledging that we do have unhealed emotional inner parts which desperately require our attention. So the true work on our damaged and our abused quote-unquote inner identities can be achieved powerfully by doing inner shift work and the proof is indisputable and it does create incredible results. It created incredible results in my life and it has in thousands of other people's lives. There's no doubt about that. But what happens when we can't get to a healing space or when we don't have the time to address releasing negative emotion? We may be out and about in life at the time or we may have a pressing engagement and we may, because we're human, randomly experience a sudden hit of the feelings of unworthiness or insecurities about ourselves, life and our future, without being able to access the space to immediately work with it. So when our inner wounds get triggered, we feel emotional pain. Now that could be something outside of us by an association has triggered us, or it could even just be part of our peptide addiction that is trying to get a hit of a familiar victimized emotion. So in other words, nothing really that we can put our finger on has caused it to come to to happen, but we just all of a sudden start feeling negative emotion. So when we feel this pain, if we're not conscious, before we know it, our mind can grab hold of the painful feelings and start concocting a story around it, a story that certainly doesn't improve the way we feel. So our mind, if it's unchecked, and if we just fall into this unconscious addictive pattern of, of thinking of the story about our emotional pain, our mind makes a mess of our emotional pain. And the reason is the cellular, cellular, cellular addiction that we have within our subconscious mind, which is the cellular network throughout our entire body, likes to keep feeding from the emotions that they've had a regular and powerful hit from. So our cellular network is actually addictive and it's been addicted to uh, emotions that have been powerful emotions for us. So things like uh, victim, abuse, all sorts of things that aren't serving us, we can really struggle to move out of that identity if we keep thinking about it. So if we remain unconscious, we can easily start thinking the thoughts of powerlessness and unworthiness, which keeps creating painful peptides and it keeps the painful victimization cycle going. Now, for those of you in the community that have really, really understood this as, as I did, to be able to discover and process the ways to heal, we know that recovery from narcissistic abuse is about breaking this peptide pain cycle in order to make space from the pain where we can connect to our inner being and open up to it so that we can feel the relief and then we have access to better thoughts in order to create our new self. 
So when we understand that peptide cycle and how to break it, it's really natural to get really conscientious. And that means that we want to keep shifting our pain out with healing modules regularly. But is it the complete answer? I want to challenge that. Okay, so if we are on a committed inner healing journey, we certainly aren't denying our internal wounds. So we're not doing that projecting and deflecting and blame. We're taking responsibility. We're saying, okay, well, I know I've got inner stuff here and I know that I've been co-creating my life and I know that I need to change and I need to change from the inside out. So we've taken responsibility and we're not denying that we've got vulnerability and we've got wounds, but we can actually have a great deal of difficulty in accepting the presence of our vulnerability. So even for the firmly committed NARPAs, which is an affectionate term we use for people who heal with the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, this can really translate for us as I need to fix this negative emotion as soon as possible in a healing module. So yes, that is the ultimate answer to reprogramming our inner programs, but by simply wanting to fix ourselves, we're missing an incredible opportunity to know what it is to truly connect to and cherish ourselves unconditionally when we feel vulnerable. If we simply jump into fix-it mode, We've robbed ourselves of deep, abiding feelings of genuine love. So really, aren't we being like our parent that was like, well, you know, just get over it. You'll be okay. Get on with it. They were fixing. They weren't actually supporting the vulnerabilities. So balance is the ultimate key. Definitely, it's about being dedicated to inner healing but it's also about being just as dedicated to taking any opportunity we can to soothe, support and love ourselves with self-talk. So in order to do this, there's a total necessity to acknowledge our vulnerabilities and then step in as a loving, supportive parent for ourselves that we didn't have access to in our childhood. Within my narcissistic abuse recovery, I was really proactive with healing shifts. And in doing them, I was able to recover from the hooks and the addiction and the pain powerfully. There's no doubt about it. However, for a very long time, I missed the essential message of unconditional self-love because I was in fixer mode working healing processes on myself constantly. So... I really want to share the huge aha moment I had about all of this. One day, it occurred to me how my moment-to-moment self-talk wasn't up to scratch. I knew I wasn't self-condemning, but I certainly wasn't stepping in with loving, supportive, purposeful, purposeful thoughts either when negative emotion would hit. So the realization came to me when driving in the car with a girlfriend I'd been thinking about her earlier in the day and it had really fascinated me because she's not an abuse victim but she's had an incredible number of challenges in her life and I wondered how on earth she could be so calm with all the challenges that she has. 
And another girlfriend and I earlier that day had commented on how incredibly centered she is and how we couldn't handle her life with such emotional ease. So while I was in the car with her, I said, how do you stay so calm? And her answer was, I talk myself around with loving and supportive thoughts. So this is what I discovered, that as soon as she feels fear and anguish, she invariably is immediately on the job of soothing herself emotionally by using positive self-talk. So my friend doesn't have the issue of beating herself up as being defective or not okay because she's hurting. And she doesn't have that thing, well, I'm not right at the moment, so I've really just got to fix it. She truly, definitely has this part of her emotional management nailed. Now, it's interesting, though, because this friend of mine doesn't work on herself at a deep inner identity level. And as a result, many of her issues haven't shifted in life. They're definitely in repeat, even though she can manage herself in them. So this is why I see the total value in getting both sides of our personal growth sorted. Yes, do the inner reprogramming work, but also make sure that your everyday life incorporates loving yourself unreservedly with the thoughts that you're using. So the truth is we're not able to be in a healing space every minute of every day. In reality, we also need to be in life and we need to be creating our life. And this is where the use of affirmations in our mind can be so vital. The great thing is, is nobody can actually see what you're thinking. You can use affirmations at any time. You've got access to them. Now, I now think since my big epiphany time with all of this, I now think of affirmations as so much more than just words to create better feelings in order to manifest a better life. To me now, the true benefit of affirmations is to demonstrate and experience unconditionally loving, accepting and supporting ourselves. Now I totally understand that practicing affirmation grants us the ability to really recognize our vulnerabilities and to step up to the plate to ease, soothe and love ourselves. And really what this is about is about reparenting ourselves. So after I received this huge epiphany, I decided to really, really step up for myself because it just made so much sense. So I sat down and I chose affirmations that were full of love and support for me. And I mindfully decided I was going to implement them in my everyday life, out and about in life or doing whatever, as soon as I felt negative emotion. I thought, you know, no longer am I going to leave myself out on the raw and ragged edge until I can get to a healing space. I'm going to love myself and support myself right in the moment. But what happened was then a real shock for me. I actually found the affirmations really hard to do. They weren't natural. Now, I know that you're meant to persist and you're meant to keep going with affirmations, but I knew, I knew there was something really blocking this because my mind was wandering, it didn't hit the spot powerfully, I couldn't really feel it, and I just had this really big urge to jump straight into a healing shift instead. So that part of me that was saying, 
no, let's just fix this, was really kicking in. So something was clearly, clearly amiss. And you might relate to this. I think a lot of people in the community will. And I know a lot of people I've worked with personally uh, on NARP with emails get this. And I know that clients I've worked with this over and over again, as well as myself. So I did what I knew would work. I did go to the healing space and I felt deeply into the block to find the belief systems that were stopping me from being able to naturally use supportive loving affirmations with myself. Now, what I found really actually didn't surprise me. It was all to do with believing my wounds were unacceptable and needed to be sorted out as quickly as I possibly could do so. So, and it was really a belief that I couldn't be loved and accepted by myself, let alone anybody else, while I had these wounds. So it's no wonder I was so adamant and conscientious about doing so much inner healing work. Because it was really this compulsion, let's fix these wounds because I'm not acceptable until I have them sorted out. So when I shifted those faulty belief systems, a whole new world opened up to me. It was just an incredible inner shift. So I still do regular inner work, absolutely, but certainly not at the frantic pace that I once did. I was able to easily accept that I was suffering emotional insecurities and I felt really vulnerable as a result. It was then easy to start thinking and supplying myself loving and supportive thoughts at those times. So my focus towards myself was on love, ease and support rather than fix. So it was only the really big persistent things that required inner work that I needed to fix after this time. The best part was I could feel an indescribably powerful feeling of love for myself that I never imagined feeling before this. I can only imagine that that feeling of total support, love and comfort is what a child naturally feels with a totally present, emotionally supportive parent. It really is the feeling like someone totally has your back, that life is going to be okay, and no matter what, that you are worthy, loved and accepted unconditionally anyway. That's the feeling it grants. So, wow, truly, words can't explain how good that feels when you really anchor into it. I know I wouldn't have been able to anchor into it so lovingly and believably to myself, probably, without having done the amount of inner work I'd done and probably the affirmations on their own would not have healed me and would have taken an enormous amount of time to take hold. But truly, this everyday component of being able to be loving and supportive to myself on call had really been missing. So I'd unknowingly still been acting out the hard-on-me childhood scripts. And it's so fascinating that we have this level of normal 
that it's normal because we've never known anything else and it's not until we actually break out of it and become a new self on a topic that we look back and we see how abnormal it was. That was my normal. You're unacceptable as you are, we need to fix you. That was totally my normal. So truly, when you start looking at and relating to yourself through the eyes of source, which is total unconditional love, that you are lovable and acceptable as you are right now. That's huge. Then a shift happens with the way that you view the world and other people in the world. You stop judging people's wounds and you start accepting and loving life and people unconditionally. Now this, of course, would never mean that you stay and you tolerate abuse or you enable it by being attached to it. Rather, it means that you have a completely different perspective on woundedness and defectiveness. You can actually have compassion for it, even though you don't need to take responsibility for it. You certainly don't need to be with it. So you acknowledge it exists, but it doesn't carry the painful emotional charges or victimized feelings that it once did. So opening up my heart fully to me unconditionally really catapulted an ability to open up my heart to life and other people. So when I fully connected to my own vulnerabilities with loving support, when it happened, and you may have the same experience if you really want to nail this too, you'll find it's really emotional. It's like, wow, I've never had this. And in fact, it's incredibly emotional. The love and relief I felt in regard to being unconditionally accepted by myself at first was really, really overwhelming. It didn't take long, however, before the self-talk support, which is daily, felt like a secure, beautiful, loving and natural cuddle. Felt like it had always been there. Felt really normal to do. So I want to share with you some of my most favorite affirmations when I require my own emotional support. And these will be up on the blog tomorrow. So you'll be able to um, transcribe them for yourself or create different ones for you that might feel more real for you. So my all-round favorite one, which is just really, really simple and easy and quick to use, is Melanie, I love you with all of my heart. The next one is Melanie, I adore and accept you unconditionally. The next, Melanie, I commit to you fully with all my love and support. And the last one, Melanie, I cherish you eternally with all of my being. So at, at times of emotional pain, if you stop doing negative self-talk and stop ignoring yourself and stop being hell-bent on fixing the pain and if you can step up to fully allowing and supporting your vulnerabilities, which for me was like, okay, you're vulnerable. Okay, you're hurting at the moment. You're scared, you're insecure, you're emotional. You need me. That's absolutely what it was about for me rather than this is really wrong, let's fix, it. let's fix this. So if you can really do that, you're going to experience a profound connection to yourself. So you're going to know what it's truly like to connect to yourself with love and compassion. 
Unconditional love and compassion starts from within. We all are the creators of our entire life script. There's no doubting that. And we have the ability to internally experience the wonder of real love and compassion and then open our heart up to give it and receive it in our outer worlds. Now, in combination with working on inner belief systems, which is where the really powerful shift work does happen. In combination with that, by stepping up and really accepting and supporting our vulnerabilities, this is a powerful formula to becoming who we really are. And who we really are is a being living our life through the eyes of source. It's about love, it's space, it's openness, it's acceptance, it's connection. And deeply, of course, honouring ourselves. So I hope my personal experience has inspired you to create this self-loving balance in your healing journey. And I think this information may really, really help a lot of you. And I'm really going to look forward to your comments on the blog, which I'm more than happy to answer, and any questions to clarify any of this. So that's it for me, everybody. I hope you have an absolutely gorgeous day or evening, and lots of love. Until next time, bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.